When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we'd love to say we were recording this tripe in Benidorm next to the pool with a beer in our hands, but we're not. We're in the office with... Uh, with a beer Phil in and... our hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're Phil and Vic looking ahead to the game at Everton, back on Spurs and a fair few other bits and bobs. Vic, we'll start with, with Gaston Ramirez. Uh, he's obviously out there. Yeah. He was pictured with Leo um, in Durham T's Valley Departure Lounge. If that's not week. a threat to his future <laughs> behaviour, I don't know what is. Um, I guess for, for him... And for Middlesbrough, this, this week will have been vital just to reintegrate him and get him back. back Absolutely. He, potentially, he's the pivotal player. You know, we know he's the most creative, uh, the, the driving force of creativity in the midfield. He's the one that can turn the, mo- the match in a moment of magic. Uh, and at the end of the day, Borough haven't won a league game without him. So he, he clearly is a massively important player. This week really is all about getting his head right. The, the transfer window, the transfer request being being rejected, uh, massive potential to to screw your head up big style, and it's really important that he's integrated with the squad, culturally and mentally as much as anything. We know he can play. He, he's been out for five weeks, but he's, he's a fit lad. Uh, you know, he, he he could play tomorrow if he had to, but he has to be in sync with the rest of the squad. So hopefully, uh, being away from the the this area and, and the demands of the media and all that kind of thing and a bonding with the lads will will bring him back into the fold because he has the potential to be the person that, that reignites the season for us uh, the transfer request thing you know it, it is not an insurmountable obstacle you know plenty of other players have been in this position before uh, last season, we had Albert Adoma, for instance, very similar. He was on the naughty step for a couple of weeks, came back, reinvigorated, a fully functional member of the squad, and he more than played his part when he came back fired up. In the past, we've had you know, uh, Emerson is obviously a famous one where he was threatened that he could, could rot in the reserves for four years if needs be, but he, he had to play. And... Although I don't think mentally he ever came back to the, the standard he'd shown in the, the, the first three months or so, he did go on to be a solid, uh, respectable player that, that, that put in credit, creditable performances. So it's not the end of the world that he's had his transfer request knocked back, but it is important for Borough to get him playing. Is this a test, Phil, this week of, and the next few weeks of, of Itoker Anker's ability, I guess, and man management ability, and of Gaston Ramirez's professional character? I think it is, yeah. Um, I think, you know, I talk around, often says, doesn't he, that, you know, he learns something every day, comes to work, and and I think one of the things in, in, in favour of this working out well is the fact that I suspect there hasn't been a huge falling out between Caranca and Ramirez, mm. um, you know, if if there'd been you know the old-fashioned Barney in the dressing room where one of them had the other player up against the wall threatening to knock his head off, then that might be insurmountable. But this is, I suspect, a lot of this has happened kind of he said she said kind of arrangement. Um, you know, there's no doubt Gaston had his head turned, and we can be annoyed and frustrated that a player who effectively had his career rescued by Middlesbrough has shown a huge lack of 
uh, gratitude. Um, but football isn't really like that nowadays, unfortunately. It is a bit of a mercenary sport. And, you know, it is, it is as much in Gaston Ramirez's interest to perform well between now and the end of the season than it is for, for everybody else's. You know, he, if he sits and rots in the reserves, as we used to call it, for, for four or five months, where does that leave him? Um, it, you know, he's going to be out of favour, his reputation is going to take a hammering. His value will collapse. Um, his value will collapse. So I think it's in his interest to play football. He'll want to play. He's a footballer. The footballers love to play. I think it's it's a good it's a big chance for Aitor as well, obviously to 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 show that he can. Um, I mean, he came back from March last year, didn't he? When when we all thought that he you know he left the club and that we we said that was a situation that was irretrievable and he came back, got his head down. Everyone pulled in the same direction. So. I don't think it's quite the crisis that people might think it would be from looking on the outside. You know, everybody needs this to work out. There's, it's in nobody's interest for it to fail. Not the player, not the manager, not the rest of the players in the in the club. I think the fans will be fine. There'll be one or two who, you know, rightly feel aggrieved at Ramirez's behaviour. But nonetheless, most fans accept that he's a massive part. Yeah. Like and, says. and how people react will depend entirely yeah. on his performances. Of course it will. He'll set the tone. Yeah, that, I mean, right? we're, not, we're not talking about a situation where he's going to come out and do a Yakubu and basically amble around the 18-yard box with, you know, um, without a care in the world. He's going to be playing, you know, if he gets in the team, he's going to be running his socks off. Because uh, that's the kind of player he is. You know, he, he does bloat and cold anyway. He's not going to be brilliant for 90 minutes. He never has been. But he has that ability to do enough special things, often enough, to make the difference between Borough staying up and going down. Some might argue. Well, if he wants, if he wants, to, you know, if, if he's being told, for example, you know, sit tight until until the summer we reassess, then he has to continue. Exactly. There's every chance that Leicester will be in the Championship next year, and, and he, you know, he won't be interested in that move then. So it is like you say in his interest, isn't it? As well as as well as Borough's. Just before you move on from that. I still find it bizarre that Leicester think he's gonna. <coughs> he was the sort of player who was gonna make all the difference to them. Considering Did, they have Riyad Mahrez in that in that exact position, which they were looking to strengthen, according to the, it, the guy. It was it was it was a bizarre situation, but uh, anyway, it's gone. We move on. Just quickly on it, and then we will move on. The, the other players, his teammates, Karanka said last week that the players, the other players, will have no problems at all welcoming welcoming him back in. Well. How, how does it work? Will 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 you know? Will they have had a bit of crack with him when he comes back in? Did it? Do, is it brushed under the carpet and nothing said? Did it? Do, does does the captain pull him at one side and say, look, you, we've got four or five months that are going to determine the, our careers possibly? Well, I, I think in football, it's a it's an occupational hazard, isn't it? That people move on and and uh, everyone in the game understands that you know you, you're not necessarily looking for a move, but suddenly that possibility is there, and that's how it works in football. Uh, and if if a big move is dangled in front of you, uh, people consider it because it's a short career. We know that. There's, there's very little long-term uh, allegiance to, to an employer in football. Uh, and we know what well, it's... it's in, in some ways, it's, it's no different to you know, working here. If we knew that someone had been away to do an interview, for instance, we wouldn't think any worse of them if they came back and then they didn't get the job, would we? Oh, yeah, well, unless we had to do all his work for him while he was <laughs> Spain, obviously, they've, they've been to Benidorm all week. They came back, they came back this morning. Um, what, what's the thinking there, Vic? Uh, I think it's to take a break from the pressures that are, that are built up on Teesside, uh, especially for the local lads. There's no escaping it. Uh, hopefully, they've all taken their, had their phones taken off, off them as well so they don't have to follow the social media bubble as well. It, in the past, 
these breaks have proved quite fruitful, haven't they, for, for Borough? Uh, before the playoffs, they went away. Uh, they went away for four or five days last year as well. Around about this time of year, wasn't yeah. it? It's you know it's it's good, mate. Sometimes to change the routine, uh, a bit of a distraction for the lads. It's easier to have bonding sessions if people aren't getting in the car and going home at one o'clock. So I I, I think it's a very sensible thing to do. The timing's probably right. There's a couple of new lads that will uh, benefit from the chance of of uh, a bit of banter and cutting each other's socks off and putting biscuits in pockets and you know that kind of thing you know, the, the laughs and japes that go around it being really competitive over the pool table or the table tennis but they are also working they're doing training as well but I mean I, I like things like this as a chance to just get away from the routine and do something a bit different Phil you've been on a couple of these trips with, with I talk around with Middlesbrough to Marbella more, more so than Benidorm um, What's the daily routine? How do the players spend the... I mean, I guess it's different in the summer in that they're doing double sessions and whatnot to build up the fitness, but still, the, the, you know, the mould's the same. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably what most people imagine it to be. You know, they get up, have a breakfast, have a little break, and then go straight to the training ground, they'll do a session. Um, obviously, in the height of summer, they're building up their overall fitness, so they don't have to put some hard yards in, you know, and you can imagine how hot it is in Marbella in, in July, 40-degree heat. That you know the, the players really are put through the ringer. Um, as you say, it'll be a lot less intensive in terms of the amount of leg work they put in. But the training sessions, Daito's training sessions, as we all know, uh, are famously full on in terms of he, he treats them like a football match. You know, there's no there's no let up, there's no give. You know, and and then they'll be back to the hotel probably for a bite to eat and a lie down, and maybe he's out for a second session. Um, I think one of the reasons managers love them, as Vic says, is is the fact that it just gets players out of that routine of turning up at the training ground at 10 o'clock, half nine, ten, training and then going home. And so really, you know, training and, and football is only a small part of the day in a normal working week for a footballer. You know, they're out the house, you know, mid-morning and they're back in the house early afternoon. The rest of the time is theirs. What this does is, as, as Vic says, the players are all together all of the time. They're eating together, they're talking, they're sharing, you know, there'll be two to a room. Um, and it gives the manager a way of keeping them out of the daily domestic routine, and that sounds a bit working class or old-fashioned, but really it's, to, it's so that they don't go home and forget about what Borough, you know, what, what the job is coming up. And, and while you don't want to put too much pressure on them as individuals, they've got to realise that, you know, uh, this is a chance to, to, to regroup, to refresh, to, to go again... After, let's face it, it's been a pretty moderate start to the year in terms of results. I mean, nothing maybe else. mentally it does actually put a, a physical line uh, under the, the last seven games where they, ha- they haven't actually won a game. So, you know, it's a, as good a marker as anything, isn't it? That's gone. And, and, and as Regroup, an onlooker looking on. in, it does feel like that. It feels like Everton is the first of the next next phase period of games. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I, think, games. I think that's very much because there was a sea change last weekend, wasn't there? Um, Borough went into the transfer window week, the final week, four points clear with a good goal difference, and they'd had that kind of cushion more or less for two months, give or take, you know, six weeks, six weeks, two months, whatever it's been. There was always that feeling that Borough was just that little bit better than everyone else below them. Then you had those back-to-back games against West Brom and Tottenham. Results didn't quite go right for Borough, and they did go right for the other clubs. And suddenly you're one point above, and I think that's focused minds just as much as the trip has I think I think we all took a little bit of a sharp intake of breath on Saturday night didn't we when we, we saw the final table and realised hang on a minute 
you know, teams that we thought were dead and buried, Hull, Swansea, Club Sunderland even, you know, when we think the crisis seasons that Swansea, Hull and Sunderland have had, and they're in touching distance of Borough, so that, you can't sit here saying Middlesbrough are doing everything right, you know, you, you, we can't sit here and say, yeah, we think they're going to be okay, because the reality is, you know, one bad sequence of results over a weekend and Borough in the bottom three, and that's not to say that I don't think Burrow will get out of it. I've always said all, all season they will. But I do think that was the big wake-up call last weekend. And and the realisation, hopefully, hasn't just hit, set in with people like us who watch it from the outside, but within the club itself, that, hang on a minute, you know, there's maybe... I wouldn't say they've been to what I'm looking for. Um, whether, whether they've been too, too glib about it or whether they've been... But, but if they didn't realise they were in a scrap before last weekend, they should do now. It was interesting after the game on Saturday. I talked around and said he, he thought his, his players, and, and being it might it might just be you know post-match spiel from managers, but he said he thought his players felt the pressure of, of other teams getting results earlier doors. And I, they, you spoke to Patrick right, Bamford, yeah. who, who said the direct opposite. Yeah. And I think, is, is there a middle ground there? Well, I think there is a middle ground, yeah, because quite clearly you can look at other results and see how the picture changes and realise that the landscape's different. But on the other hand, no matter what other people do, it comes down to, to what you do on the day. And the situation is, if Borough equal the results of all the teams below them, they stay up. And that has to start with putting points on the, on the board and, it, and a win. You know, we talked about the, that, that cushion that was there. A win rebuilds that really quickly because there's five teams below you. They're not all going to win over a, a, a weekend. A lot of them have to play each other. Uh, if you look at it, some of them have to play six uh, of the top six or eight clubs. So everyone's got hard fixture lists. It comes down to what, what Borough do now. And so, so yes, I think that the two, the two uh, views can overlap and, and coincide depending on what, you, what your perspective is at any given moment. Y yes, if you, as the results come in, you can worry about it, but ultimately, your fate's still in your hands. Phil, this might sound a bit naive, but at the start, I think it was kind of four, five, six weeks in the season, when, when you realise in the Premier League just how big one win is, how big every single... I think it was when I watched Burnley and Watford on the Monday night, and, and Burnley won, and, and you saw kind of where it took them from and to. And you realise just just the impact that one result can have, and that's what we're in need now, isn't it? Absolutely. You know it, what? What's keeping Ito Karanka awake at night? It's probably not Gaston Ramirez. It's scoring. It's scoring goals and winning matches, and finding that balance between keeping the defence tight, which it has been pretty much, and 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 creating more goals. And and Burr have won four four games this season. Um, that isn't a huge. You know. That four games, we were almost three quarters of the way through the campaign now. So, it's the problem's there for all to see. You know, we, we, Borough haven't won in two thousand and seventeen in the league. They've, we would argue that a lot of people would make the case that the fixtures have been relatively kind since Man United, haven't they? Um, and you kind of feel I've felt before the weekend that Borough were a couple of points shy of where we think they probably could be, and I still think that now probably missed out on picking up a win against a Leicester for example that when you look back now that does seem Watford as well. given their disastrous form Leicester at home um, I was probably overly kind on the team after that match thinking well it was a point against the champions now you look back and think it, it was a point against a team that's in free fall yeah. um, so you're absolutely right wins are everything because draws I mean Borough 
A Borough drawing against Everton on Saturday in and of itself isn't a disaster. Everton are a good side. We saw that at Goodison Park. They've just thumped Bournemouth. Um, the, you know, the, the, so you've suddenly a situation where a draw against a good team isn't enough anymore because those draws just aren't letting Borough get pulled away. What they need to do is get those draws and then win the games they can win. And obviously, we, I think we've all pointed it, haven't we? If Borough are still in a similar position, come those three fixtures against was it Hull, Swansea, and I can't remember the other ones. Our annual week of yeah, destiny. Our week of destiny. That that's where you think. Well, you're going to have to win two out of three of them potentially. I was looking at. I mean, and I'm, I mean this as a question, not not kind of a hard hit factual statement. But if you think where where is Borough's next win coming from? And, and like you say, there Everton, in in an individual game, looking at each game as it, as kind of as it comes, wouldn't be a bad point. But then you go to Palace, who who've won two games at home this season. I think four since August 2015 or something like that. Do you need to win there? I mean, that could turn poisonous if you went one nil up early doors there, couldn't you? Yeah, they're, uh, they're the games where you can do some they will have, Well, they will have budgeted. I mean, everything this season has been focused on that mini league of the bottom eight, and if you finish in the top two or three of that mini league, chances are that you stay up. Everything else is a bonus, and that doesn't mean that you don't go into those games hoping, to, you know, setting out to win. But it means that strategically, you know where the, this where this campaign is going to revolve around and uh, Borough have got to play four of the five teams below them so that that is where this season is going to be won and lost uh, going somewhere like Palace and winning would not only claw you to the top of that that mini league at the, at the bottom now but the, the damage it would do to one of your rivals is incredible What what What's your current thoughts on the state of play at the bottom Phil because Two or three weeks ago, you'd have had you'd have had Swansea and Hullers down. Sunderland are kind of doing what they've done all season. They just stay within touching distance, aren't they? When Allardyce came in, I thought there's no chance Palace will go down. But suddenly, you do start to start to wonder, don't you? When when you're seeing results like they did at the weekend, can can you can you pick three at the minute? Or well, is it... well, the strange thing is, you know, we all, we kind of judge. We fall into a trap sometimes, don't we? Because we cover one team home and away, we sometimes fall into a trap of judging other teams on what we see when they play Borough. So, I thought Palace were pretty good against Borough. Actually, surprisingly, you know that that attacking trio and then the two in behind, they, you know, they looked a decent side. Um, I thought Swansea were abysmal defensively, and I thought Hull were the worst team I've seen in the Premier League for a long time. So the job that both managers are doing there now, that's really taken away our our joker, hasn't it? That's what that was. Those two clubs were our get out of jail free and Sunderland, because all three looked to be basket cases off the pitch. I personally always felt that Borough would have enough to steal because those three wouldn't be united enough off the field to perform well enough on the field to finish above Borough. At the moment, and we can only take the snapshot of the last couple of weeks, that doesn't look to be the case. And I also um, like to hear what people on the outside think of Borough because we're so close to it. We see every kick of the match. We discuss it seven days a week just about. It's interesting to get perspectives on on Borough and a few people have said haven't they and I, I, granted they don't see Borough every week like we do but there's a, there's a perception now amongst the nation's pundit in inverted commas that Borough don't score enough goals uh, and are therefore vulnerable to going down and, and if you took a poll of pundits at the moment I think Borough would be in a lot of people's bottom three which wasn't the case was which it? which certainly form. wasn't and, the case and also the form table I mean, yeah. on, on form Leicester, Palace and Borough are, are the worst performing sides down there and I know that can re- can change very easily on one weekend, uh, and Sunderland's improvement is really quite marginal. It comes down to uh, 
the win against Palace really has transformed the, their position. And that's always Swan, a danger, isn't it? When you're within a couple of points of the bottom, that's the run. That's a that's Hull, a risky Hull's, run. Hull's recovery is perhaps more Four marked and more United. structural. They have actually put a run together. Swansea have had two wins punctuated with some some fairly poor uh, defeats. So that could be just a transitional thing. But Hull look like they act, actually have. Turn the corner. I, I think you made a really important point before, Don, when you were talking about this, the the Ramirez situation is a test of Karanga's management. I think how he responds to the next four or five games is the biggest test he'll face, possibly in his career, because I've I've seen signs that he's starting to second guess himself. Um, and I, what I mean by that is the home game against West Brom and the home game against West Ham. He played a slightly different style of football, a more attacking brand of football. It, it got the feeling that he didn't know whether to stick or twist, whether to, to, to stick with that very rigid pattern that's worked reasonably well all season in, in most games of nicking a point here, keeping it tight, scoring on the break, and to, 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 to be more offensive and push the full-backs on and... And the midfielders are popping up all over the pitch, aren't they? And I kind of think, I'm not sure that's going to be the way to go because suddenly that, that gives people the impression that Borough don't know what their best plan of attack is anymore. Um, so I think what he has to be doing, which, which he's always been good at, is making it crystal clear what everybody's job is in the team to make sure that everybody in, that, in the team understands what the, the, the plan is going into a game. And if that means you know you know Adam Forshaw doesn't cross the halfway line or Martin Darun sticks to one side of the pitch or the fullbacks sitting as much as possible except in exceptional circumstances, then so be it. Because what you don't want is that situation which we saw around this time last year where he was putting two up front against Blackburn, a very uncaranka like decision. You know we think of the away game at Rotherham, how that kind of went wrong in the second half. The MK Dons performance. The MK Dons could have scored three goals that night before Borough hit an equaliser. A similar kind of, I wouldn't, do, I don't want to call it muddled thinking because I'm not in the dressing room hearing what he's got to say. But just as an observer, it feels to me like he's not quite sure how much to push the team on and how much to stick. And and at this stage, Vic, if if you know he's looking, he, like all of us is going to look, and, and the goals for column is the is the concern. It's a, it's a fine line, what you're getting at there, Phil, between it's too late for a seat change of philosophy now, isn't That's it? That's kind of what yeah, I'm saying, yeah. You can't make that. But then, do you have the faith to stick with, you know, right, we're, we're built on the solid foundations and we have to believe that that will be enough to keep us up even if we don't score goals. So it is a fine line at this stage of the season, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, do, I do think the last couple of games there has, well, not Spurs, but the last couple of home games there has been... Uh, tendency for more midfielders to get forward and it's created more chances but also it's left gaps and again West Ham was probably the best example of that because Borough were punished there by, by pushing forward uh, a lot of the fans might not accept that I mean, but I think it will register with Karanka that perhaps he took a risk that was out of <coughs> sync with his natural instincts and they were punished for that so he has to decide whether as as Phil was alluding to, to stick to what he knows, what he knows and trusts, or as games run out and the stakes rise, do you take, take a chance? And <clears throat> at the end of the day, that's that's what he's paid for. But it's also what the players are paid for. And it could be a case of you know one moment of magic in a game could could just transform something. Uh, the players have to take responsibility as well because. You know, it's it's their careers on the line. If if we go down, it's it's a massive blow for them. 
but it's still within within Borough's grasp and it's still within their hands and if the if the season finished tomorrow they stay up it might not be pretty and it might be close but Borough still have that in in their hand I mean the, 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 interesting your, your, your two's take on this but of the game type of games you have to play in the Premier League this season for me Borough have looked their most composed and organised in the matches where they've had to go to the big boys Arsenal, Man City, even Spurs. I think I think the actual the the the, the way the team performed at Spurs, although we didn't create a lot, was very very positive. Very organised. Yeah, the diff- most difficult task to me seems to be breaking down teams at home and Borough have to play. So I mean Everton are a good side, so you you might have a bit less of the ball than you would expect. But when you you've got teams like Hull. And Swansea, although Swansea were a shambles, and um, you know Bournemouth, those Burnley, kind of Burnley games, you know Burnley have got to come yet. Yeah, I think of the Watford match. When people ask questions of Borough's creativity, that seems to me when they find it the hardest to perform to the high to, to, to the standards that we, we we think they're capable of. I don't know whether you agree with that, but yeah, those yeah they won those games. Well, they won some of them. They obviously lost to Watford, Swansea, Hull. Yeah. But um, what I'm saying, but, but uh, to me, that so the challenge coming up for me is is when they've got the, the games you've talked about, Burnley coming, Sunderland are coming, you know those kind of games yeah. when it, Bur- when the onus is on Borough to to, yeah. to break it, them down. What will be interesting is that the other teams have to go for it as well. Whereas in the first half of the season, uh, you know a, a lot of teams would would be happy to to sit and you know and grind, and they would have been happy with the point as well. But when Sunderland come here, a point is not really good enough for them if Borough are still, on, still ahead of them. So maybe those games will be more open than we, than, than we would perhaps expect mm. earlier in the season. We'll finish on the theme we started, obviously, Everton on Saturday. Gaston Ramirez, will he start? Or I, is I, it think he will. Bench? I think he'd probably start. I think, I think Gaitor Karanka needs him to start. Yeah, I think after a week of waterboarding and <laughs> being babysat by Leo, I think he'd be in a fine frame of mind to do what he's told. And, and Guadiara? Well, going back to what we were talking about, you know, it, very briefly, I thought he looked bright, didn't he? I mean, I, funny enough, Adam Forshaw has just said in an interview conducted in Spain this week, he, he's made them sit up, the, the other central midfielders sit up and notice about... You know, if Adam Forrest was saying perhaps we're not having as many shots and getting forward as much as we can, and he's kind of shown what's missing. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching him. I, I thought he, he he did lose the ball a few times, but he made sure he got it back, and he seemed to be looking forward when he got the ball. And uh, he did have one shot, although to be fair, it didn't even go into <laughs> yeah. the new stadium. It hasn't come down yet. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, fellas. Cheers. Cheers.